We've talked a lot on Level Up about working with buyers, and it's definitely been an interesting last couple of years for doing that. But you know what the most important thing about working with buyers is? Actually getting them in the first place. And this week on Level Up, we talked all about putting your buyer package together and how to secure yourself a buyer. Building a successful real estate career requires you to adapt, pivot, and constantly master new skills. We're Katie and Daniel Steinfeld. We've built our own innovative brokerage, and in this podcast, we've assembled actionable tips and strategies that you can implement to take your business to its maximum potential. It's time to level up. Level up. Let's open the gates. <laughs> open them up. Open the gates. Let them in. Let them it's aggressive. in. It's aggressive for a Friday morning. It's a Friday PA day morning. So I'm still trying to get I know. My, my energy up. To anybody who's yeah. listening or watching who isn't in Canada, I don't know if PA days are a thing everywhere. Is that just a thing that people call it everywhere? Our kids are all home today. That's pretty much what that means. So that's fun. Yeah. But in any case. Yeah. Yeah. So we might have some connection issues, unfortunately, because they might sneak onto computers or technology, but we are going to try our best. They might sneak into the picture. You might see oh, like yeah, a head too. pop in from the side, but that's okay. That's too. She'll that be, keeps it fun. There'll be, be buyers or something like that. She'll be like, there's she'll only be. one of them. No, I'm thinking of Charlotte. Cause if you guys saw Daniel's reel yesterday, if you do follow him on Instagram, if you don't, you should, because he posted a really funny reel about <laughs> our youngest pretending to be um, a podcast. I guess she was, she's a level up podcaster. <laughs> it was, it was better work than anything we've ever put out there. So I feel like we should Pretty start much. hiring her for voice work or something. <laughs> she sounded kind of British in it. It was funny. She did. That's She's a thing like, our kids I do. Can... Yeah, maybe. She's I like, please come. Anyway, that <laughs> was cute. I couldn't tell if it was a, record, uh, a recruiting ad or an ad for new clients. She kind of came up with she, a hybrid. She... She put it all together. It was like perfect. It was in so twelve succinct. seconds too. Like it's a better job than we. We haven't even been able to introduce our podcast yet, and we're two minutes in. So I know we take like hours. Anyway, welcome we to week nine of the OTB one hundred. This week we are doing buyer presentation. Uh, if you missed last week, we did listing presentation. We did a little bit of a role play. Um, and we did get a lot of feedback from you guys that it was a really helpful session. So we're happy to hear that. And this week, although it's not going to be a full-on role play in terms of the entire session, um, we're definitely going to incorporate uh, a lot of the typical questions you typically will find you get from buyers when you first start working with them. So if you want to go into the chat and put in some common questions that you'd like us to just kind of work through as we go through this presentation, that would be great because we want to make this as helpful as possible for you guys. So contribute. And I'm going to share my screen. <laughs> All you. Okay. So the first part of this session is just showing you our buyer presentation. And what I'm going to do actually is I am going to go into the chat myself and put in um, the buyer presentation. So if you guys want to, to download it and just kind of mirror this for your own use, um, you are more than able to do that. Um, 
So I'm just doing that quickly. You haven't shared it yet though, right? Because I still don't see anything. No. Okay. No, this sorry. Is like the I'm ultimate teaser. It's coming, people. <laughs> Keep those eyeballs on the screen. Okay. So that's being shared um, as well as our discovery worksheet for buyers when we first start working with them. So this is something else we'll go through, but if you want to take this and use it, it is all yours. Mm-hmm. So, so there you go. It's in the chat. And as always, we've got a, uh, oh, Darren's asking, yeah, the listing presentation. Did we share that last week or did we um, not? I don't think so. Let me see if I can go in and get it quickly. If not, I will. Yeah. If you just want to send me an email afterwards, I'd be happy to share that as well. Um, let me take a look here. Yeah. I'll uh, yeah. do it after just to, in the interest of time. Yeah, yeah. Just send me an email. Yeah. So to anybody who's been in the industry a while, just starting or yet to start, I think it goes without saying that this is one of, if not the most challenging times to be working with buyers. Um, and so this is a really important topic to go through. Um, as you know, if you've been in the other sessions, we've really tried to lay the groundwork for how you're going to plan your business out. And now we're into the real nitty gritty of things and the tangible deliverables and way that you do that um, with clients that you may already have or clients that you're trying to get. And so the context of this particular, um, this particular, what would we call it an episode, this segment? Session. Session, that's a good one. Um, is uh, for the most part under the assumption that you are yet to land the client, right? This is where you're meeting with leads. This is where you're educating people who are still potentially choosing which agent they want to work with. Um, and we're going to, I guess, for obvious reasons, put it in the context of the market we're in right now. But obviously this will, this will relate to any market, good, bad, buyer, seller, or otherwise. So let's jump right in. The buyer guide, buyer's right. apostrophe buyer's S. Guide. Buyer's guide. Yeah, because it's their guide. Right? It is. That's not right. ours. That's, that's proper grammar. Um, I thought for a second my grammar was wrong and I've been sending this out to clients for <laughs> years. Anyway, um, so this is something... Um, that we do review with buyers when we first meet with them, but it's also something that we typically email them prior to the meeting, either whether it's a Zoom meeting or we're getting back to more in-person meetings. So it might be that. Um, But we like to provide this to them because again, similar to the listing presentation, we don't want to be going through this page by page, word by word. This isn't what buyers really want to talk about when they want to start talking about their home search process, but this is great Um, information, a great resource for them to use as they go through the process. So this is what we've put together. And um, yeah. And and I guess one thing I'll throw in there too, is you can see this is Katie's here. Like this is, this is the guide you use, right? Like this is the the real deal. Um, And so as much as the stuff we talk about here is in many ways, the pieces that will form a buyer's guide, like mine is similar but more my brand, more my, you know, the way I speak and all that. And so these, just like the listing presentation, they're not meant to be cut and paste jobs for people, right? These are meant to be, um, you know, to help you inspire some ideas to definitely, you know, take things that work for you and and make them your own, as they say, as American Idol used to say. Um, (laughs) But uh, this is going through one real life version of, of what we as a brokerage do, that is your brand. That is what you put out there because it reflects the way that the clients you're after, the things that you say and the, the services that you provide as well. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah. So just a little bit of an introductory uh, page. And I like to sprinkle little testimonials throughout my buyer guide just to just, you know, prove that I've worked with a lot of people, that how I work. Um, it's just, it just really reinforces who you are and, and what you represent as an agent. So um, you'll see that as we go. Um, a little bit about your brokerage. That's a really important component um, about it. And again, this isn't something you're going to read word for word with your clients. Um, it just might be something that they are interested in. So of course, um, provide it because it is helpful. But it, it um, does it does set a good stage though. Like it's it's like the yeah. the prologue of a book. Is, that, is it the prologue at the beginning? I guess so. Yeah, mm-hmm. prologues at the end. Yeah. It's yeah. it's giving them information that is really high level FAQ stuff just about who they're about to talk to and where they come from before you get into the specifics. And that's that's important most of the time, unless you don't want to represent that, unless that's not what makes you who you are and that's not something you want to talk about. Um, that's okay. Well. But, yeah, unless it's like you have a team, like that right. could be about your team. So yeah. you could Oh yeah, it's not always the brokerage. Yeah, absolutely. Mix and match. Yeah. So do you want to talk about the process? Sure. So similar to the listing presentation, um, everything about what we do and what we try to do is setting expectations and laying out what what people will come to experience if and when they work with us. And in another sense, what's really um important to us is that this will go to them, as Katie said, this will go to them ahead of time before they even meet us. And a lot of the information they get is going to be valuable to them, whether or not they choose to work with us. So like this particular process, um, it's laying out a process that should apply to virtually any realtor they might choose. Um, But at the same time, inherently by laying this out there, if they are interviewing multiple realtors, and they're not seeing the same organization or things that they saw somewhere else are left out or not covered, it does call into question, you know, whether everybody's on the same page about what the process is. So we try to lay things out here uh, in order. The first thing we put on here is get a pre-approval from the bank and establish your budget. And notice we put that in there before you're even picking a realtor. And It's not a necessity, but it's what we recommend in the process because it just helps drive conversations and expectations when you do start the process of even selecting a realtor. Um, Interviewing and selecting a realtor, that's where we are right now. Uh, But once that's done and once you've chosen us and we're ready to move on, here's all the stuff we're going to do. Then we're going to, and maybe during the interview, we might start talking about what their expectations are. But once you've selected a realtor, that's when you get down to brass tacks and business Um, And you're going to determine the requirements for a new home. Um, What are the things you're looking for? What are the must-haves? What are the nice-to-haves? What are the game-stopping, not-going-to-happen stuff? And once that's laid out, um, you you may put a step in here that says, you know, uh, begin getting listings or start a search process or things like that. For us, we kind of couple it all into that's when you're going to start the process of seeing homes, which is sort of multi-definitional, definitional. <laughs> that was such a long non-word. Um, mean, means a lot of things. Um, but we basically, the, the process of searching is, is what comes next. And then once you find a place that works, you make an offer when you're ready. Um, that obviously could happen more than once. This could be a rinse repeat thing. But in terms of the process, you do that. Then we get down to the paperwork, the negotiating, trying to hash out a deal. Um, finalizing the offer here is kind of synonymous with finalizing the deal, getting it accepted. Whether there's conditions, uh, people need to understand that that would be what comes next. Once all that's done, once you're firm, 
you want to make sure that you've got a real estate lawyer and then you just start getting ready to be excited. You prepare for your move and you move in. So these are noticeably high level, vague kind of um, topical steps. These aren't like, okay, you're going to prepare for move. Good luck. Right. Obviously each one of these steps comes with us involved at a greater degree, but we also, as much as you want to set expectations, you also want to simplify it because this is literally the first page these people are seeing, and it's already a potentially yeah. overwhelming process. So the idea is simplifying, but also giving as much information as possible. Yeah. And one thing I might add at this point, just given the market currently and how it's been over the last few years, is just the landscape that we're dealing with right now with competition. And this makes it look pretty simple. You make an offer when you're ready, and then you negotiate and you have paperwork. And finalize an offer. That's not that easy. And I think we all know that when we're working with buyers, especially with a limited budget, we're probably seeing 40, 50 houses making seven, eight offers before they finally get that. And, you know, before we were, um, before we got on here, Daniel and I were talking about that and just setting that expectation ahead of time is so important because people are going to burn out in their second offer because they didn't realize it was going to be this difficult. So it's really striking a fine balance because obviously you don't want to scare the crap out of them and make them not want to go through the process, but this is what it takes. And you're there to guide them. You're there to hopefully calm them down, make sure they don't get too emotional over, over certain properties, but it's really important to establish that ahead of time, the landscape of the market so that they know what they're getting into prior to actually seeing it for themselves and feeling it. And also that you know what you're getting into, right? Because you need to understand if their expectations are eons away from reality or how, yeah. you know, how is this discussion going to progress to the point where y- you can enter a tough situation and you shouldn't walk away from something just because somebody's got misguided expectations. But the more you're able to lay that out, I think we've done one or two podcast episode specifically on managing expectations and dealing with these sorts yeah. of situations. So definitely this is this is your time to really talk about the environment. And as Katie said, this is something that we send out before we meet with them. So this is something that allows people to give some context to a greater conversation, which is the buyer presentation. It allows them to maybe get some questions together. Um, and it also becomes a reference guide for them once we start working with them. Um, or if and when we start working with them, that becomes their, uh, I, I don't know what you call yours, the buyer's guide. Mine's, I call mine the buyer's playbook. It's like a handbook. Mm-hmm. It's like something that they've got with them a yeah. lot of the time to, to help them kind of, okay, where are we at the process? Okay, you know, what do I want to know? What does this look like? So, which we'll see because we haven't gone to the next page yet. So, yeah. Are you, can you just keep an eye on the chat? I don't want to open it up because I'm sharing my screen. So I don't know if it shows the chat, but um, if there's any questions coming in that might be relevant to what we're talking about. There is a very nice compliment from Renata. So thank you for that. Oh. But it's, but it's, <laughs> Why don't but, you read it out loud? But it's, no, not a, but it's not a question. So okay. maybe you saw it and thank you, you just wanted me to read that. <laughs> no, no, seriously, no. Um, okay. Um, so this next section here is more um, to do with the typical buyers I, I work with. It's a lot of first-time home buyers. So I outline the incentives and just the programs available to them. This might not be for you guys. You might be working with investors or pre-con people, and there's a 
whole other slew of information that you can provide to them in, in a guide. Or if you really want to go all out, you could actually have different guides depending on the type of buyer you're working with. But for myself, I find for the majority of the buyers I'm working with, they're first-time home buyers. So I really like to lay out the incentives. And if it happens to be somebody that's not a first-time home buyer, I usually just take this part out because it's not relevant to them. Um, but I do like to let them know what the first-time home buyer tax credit is and just the first-time home buyer, sorry, the tax, uh, sorry, the land transfer tax and how and how all that works. Um, so just to understand what it is that they get, um, the home buyer's plan, which which involves your RSPs and being able to take out from your RSPs um, up to seventy thousand dollars per couple. Um, the land transfer tax, which I just talked about. If you're in Toronto, there's also that additional portion um, to keep in mind, so that can add up. And then just a table here uh, for the land transfer, and this could apply to both first-time home buyers and non-first-time home buyers. And you can see there's obviously a significant difference when it comes to whether you're a first-time home buyer or not. Um, so this kind of goes from five hundred thousand, which is kind of hard in our market right now to even get, but all the way up to one point one million dollars. Um, so it really gives everybody a good sense of what it is that they have to spend um, in addition to purchasing a home. This is the biggest cost. And it's a cost that's often either overlooked or misunderstood. A lot of people say, oh, can I just wrap this into my mortgage? You can't wrap it into your mortgage. You have to have this extra liquidity to actually put, like spend or sorry, pay on closing. So it is a big chunk of money, especially when we're talking about a, a big chunk of money for the down payment. So um, it's something that's important for them to keep in mind. And you, and you need to understand this stuff, right? Anything you put out there, you need to understand. It's not as simple as cutting and pasting a spreadsheet from a website, because people will ask you questions. One of the most commonly asked questions we get is, what do I need? Like, how much do I need? Um, and I know some realtors will say, talk to your mortgage broker or things like that, but you want to be, mm. you are their professional when it comes to every step of the process, short of actually giving them a pre-approval and understanding the mechanics of a mortgage, the costs that go into purchasing a home, the risks you have, the, you know, all, all the things that are in your presentation need to be things that you understand front to back. So um, it, it's not complicated stuff, but it's a lot of stuff. And if it seems like a lot for you, Imagine how much it seems for someone who's never done it before. So just remember that mm -hmm. when you go into this and, and be prepared to be called out on anything you put in front of them. Yeah. Um, so another thing we like to put out there is um, taking a step back, the whole process, this buyer's guide, whether it's a first time home buyer or not, we go under the assumption that people don't know anything. And I think we make the, the assumption often that the stuff we say and the stuff we talk about every day is just known to people or the stuff that's in the media is, well, there was a story about this, so everybody knows it. And an MLS listing is a great example of something that we see so much of. And in a lot of cases, at least in our case, you know, we will send these out often to our clients and they might not know um, at a high level, they might not know at all what they're looking at, but they might not know that a lot of the information they need is right in front of them when we send it to them. And so we like to put in the guide again, whether they work with us or not, here's something you're probably going to be seeing a lot of. And here is, you know, here, here are the key things to focus on when you're there. And here's what they mean. And this, obviously, in this visual here, it's a picture of it with some highlights. So this does merit some further 
discussion if they've got questions, right? We're not going to just cover an already busy page with a million little post-it notes and bullet points and things like that. But we highlight the key things for different types of properties um, that people should be looking for. How many washrooms does it have and how many pieces are they? and What floor are they on? The frontage is important to some people. The size of the lot, the taxes is a question we get often. Um, Parking information, the type of basement. Um, This is, again, totally up to you. There might be a focus on room sizes or um, things under the extras, whatever it might be. This is an example of one that already sold, I believe, because I could see the percent difference is 99%, meaning this has already sold. Um, And 47 days on market. That's another thing to highlight. This doesn't happen anymore. Man, I wish this I was a couple this years ago. I yeah. can't see the price. Wait, what did this one go for? Can you scroll up? This just is a one bit? that my clients, yeah, they bought for one. Oh, yeah. 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 So imagine, imagine this place today. But anyway, um, but this is an example of a freehold property. And like Katie was saying, with first home, uh, with first home buyers, first time home buyers, um, or investors or commercial or whatever, if you've got packages geared to particular people, you might put, well, you would put what is specific to them. Um, I've seen packages where maybe you've got three or four pages in a row that outline the different, does this one have the condo one next or this one's just, yes. this okay. So yeah, this has the condo too. Yeah. Yeah. So this is freehold and then you follow it up with, okay, we might be looking at condos and here's the nuances and the differences that flow from a condo to a freehold. It's the same idea piece of paper wise, but look at how the placement of things are different. Um, look at the different types of information like pet permission and maintenance fees and what's included. These are the things that are important uh, or might be uh, to your particular client. You don't even need to highlight anything, but this is your opportunity to walk people through what you're going to be doing again in greater detail so that every time you send one, you're not getting a question saying, where do I find the this? Or does this tell me the taxes? Or how do I know this? If you've already gone through it and you've established what's most important to your clients, that's really what's key you're able to highlight the most important things to them right up mm-hmm. front so they know what they're looking for. Exactly. I think there was another question or, or another compliment in the chat. <laughs> uh, oh, it is a question. What do you oh. recommend as the best way to have this basic understanding given we're not mortgage finance people? Okay, so that's that's back to, I guess, the, uh, the home buyer incentives transfer tax. or, or yeah. transfer taxes. Oh. Sorry. Um, Honestly, I think the best way to have the basic understanding is to just do your research. And, you know, a a visual like this is deliberately there to simplify it for our clients, but also to simplify it for ourselves, right? So we won't put something out there that we don't understand because inherently that would make it very hard to (laughs) explain it to somebody. Um, but put it out there in the terms that make sense to you. And if you're confused about things, or if you can think of scenarios you're going to run into where you don't know the answer, don't be afraid to ask questions, right? Like leverage the people around you, leverage your, if you have a manager, broker of record, if you have peers, colleagues, um, in a lot of cases, online communities. Um, But do your research and just make sure you're comfortable. Like this stuff, as complicated as it is with the number of different scenarios there could be it does come back to just a few basic principles when it comes to things like land transfer tax these columns really outline the basic principles with it right are you in toronto or not so that will create two different scenarios of which taxes you may or may not be paying are you a first-time home buyer or not so is there a credit that might apply um and then things like understanding how sorry i couldn't hear what you said 
Oh, did you hear that? Did I go? Yeah. Somebody couldn't <laughs> so, hear what I said. Was that my phone? <laughs> Somebody can't hear me. My, I don't know. <laughs> if my computer yeah. can't hear me, can you hear me? I, anyway, I so, yeah. so, so yeah, I, I think the basic and, answer to that is, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that like, you can also like, there's so many mortgage brokers that want to team up with agents. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if you can find a mortgage broker that you seem to get along well with, um, that's a great resource for you as well. Because if you're teaming up and you have somebody that you can rely on to ask these questions, um, it's really helpful. You'll learn along the way. But again, like, go, as Daniel said, going back to your broker of record and, and, and other agents in your brokerage, just to kind of understand it you'll pick a lot of things up pretty quickly. And one, one good point, just from what you just said, the learning along the way is a lot of these guides are growing documents based on the experiences that you have, right? When you start, you're not going to know all the questions. We still don't yeah. know all the questions. As the market changes, the questions people have are different and we yeah. will adjust this and all the other documents we have to reflect the most important information at that point in time. So, right. um, you know, if the government were to introduce a new tax or a new incentive or something like that, it's probably going to be something people want to know about. A, we have to educate ourselves on it, but B, we're going to want to put it in here once we know it's something that people want to know. So you're learning along with your clients. And to your point, like I should really update these MLS listings because this makes it seem as though it's super easy to find a house right now. And it just goes back to that, you know, that, that continued conversation about educating your clients on the current market conditions. So definitely something to update. I'd look at your presentation and be like, I want that one. That's what I want. I want to spend that for that. Oh, it's only when, yeah, it's only this much money for this this condo. Anyway, 47 days on the market. That's spectacular. Yeah. Anyway. Um, Another did you, uh, there's another question there. It was a thank you. Oh, all right. You're welcome. <laughs> um, okay. So the next part here is just a few pages on frequently asked questions. And this could really help maybe some of you newer agents that might not know the answers to certain questions, but definitely the most common questions we get, obviously, what's the first step in buying a home? What mm-hmm. is a down payment? Um, a lot of people don't know the difference between a down payment and the deposit which is due within 24 hours of acceptance of an offer. So just to try to um, you know, explain those terms is really important. How much money do I need for a down payment? That's usually a conversation that your client will have with their mortgage broker. Um, but again, it's important to just kind of know the basics and what's involved in that. So mortgage loan insurance, if you have less than 20% down, you must pay mortgage loan insurance. That's something that can be rolled into the mortgage if you don't want to pay it all up front. But again, the basics that you just have to be be aware of. Difference between deposit and down payment. How long does it take to buy a home? Um, Again, this is a conversation that is more market uh, driven, um, but also your clients and and their their own timeline as well. And that's something that you understand with them when, um, when you start asking them questions. But you might start working with buyers that have like a six month timeline, which isn't obviously ideal for, for us, but it, it, it is what it is. And, and you kind of start slow where there's a lot of other people that need to buy something within like a month. And, and that obviously requires a lot of um, immediate and frequent showings in order to find them the right, right, right place. Should I sell or buy first? That's a big one. And it's also very market driven conditions. Um, That's a very important component, obviously, of an offer and just understanding the conditions that are available to clients, um, as well as how it typically works. 
the extra fees in addition to purchasing a home, the deposit, land transfer tax, the legal fees, that kind of stuff, what's a bidding war. Um, so those are all, and you accumulate over time, the different questions and common questions you get from your clients. But for us, those are the more common ones that we typically get. Next. Okay. So moving checklist, this is another kind of example of, of a piece you might want to put in there that just helps add resources up front to people. And we talk a lot about this um, in marketing talks as well, and, and being able to provide people with value before you have the business, right? And so again, this is something that somebody might have. And I think we had a question, it might have been in the last session talking about um, what if somebody else steals this? Or what if another agent works with them and they use your stuff? You know what? It is what it is. Like, that's okay. Because we're, first of all, this doesn't add an incremental cost or time to us. It's just our ability to show our value. And that's what the point of the buyer presentation is, is earning somebody's trust through the value you provide. And so a moving checklist is a great example of that, where once you've already bought the home, not only does this provide them value now, but it reinforces that our relationship with the buyer doesn't end the moment we get a piece of paper signed, right? So this is laying out there. Here's all the stuff that you're going to want to think about because closings now, some of them are super quick and people get really wrapped up, I think, in the can I afford it and the conditions rightfully so, but they lose sight of all the stuff that happens once they've actually bought the place. So the idea here is trying to give them a long list of the stuff they need to think about today so that they're not overwhelmed at any point in this process, inclusive of after the deal has already been done. Oh, we hit, we hit. The I forgot mute. I was, I forgot I was muted. Um, the next is just trusted professionals. And this really comes in handy right at the end when you finalize a deal and your, your client has to book a home inspection now, or they have to uh, find a lawyer, um, especially with um, condo properties, they need to review the status right away. So a lot of times, like everybody's like really needing this information really quickly. So you can just say, go back to the buyer's guide or resend them the buyer's guide. Here is all my, li my list of trusted professionals I've worked with in the past. Make sure they're people that you've worked with in the past because you, know, you, you want to make sure you're giving people quality options. And again, make sure you're giving people options. You don't want to just say, use this person or use this person because that could be considered potentially a conflict of interest. You want to give people choice and allow them to make the decision. I thought you said you want so, to give them quality options, which, which we do. Options. We want to give them lots of options, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, options as well. Options um, is important. Yeah. And so referrals is, uh, again, another resource and, and your ability to, to help build some trust and comfort in your clients. Um, if you do have a larger list of clients, um, definitely make sure they know that they're being asked to be a referral. People love, for the most part, when they've had a good experience with you, to be asked if they would be a referral for you. Um, mm -hmm. But when you can, and when you reach the point in your career where you've got a, a good group of clients to draw from, also try to tie the type of client they are to the type of buyer that you're dealing with, right? So if you know this is a first time home buyer um, presentation specifically, try to put the first time home buyers you've worked with in there because they're gonna be able to speak the language of the person who's calling them or emailing them. Um, if it's commercial, you know, so on and so forth. 
Um, but the idea here is to give people the ability to reach out to others and see if you, you can actually back up what you're saying and what you've done. Mm -hmm. um, and often people just seeing a list of referrals get comfort that there are referrals. <laughs> I don't know yeah. how many people actually reach out, um, but to have them there and to know that you've got a whole cheering section behind you of people who have already lived through what you've done uh, is great. And for those of you who haven't had clients, that's a question we get as well. Well, how do I do referrals if I've only done one deal or things like that? Um, it's up to you. I still believe that having character references and people that you've worked with who understand how you do things, if they know what the context of the referral is, you can consider doing that. That It depends on your comfort level. Some people might think it's yes. weird to put referrals who, you know, well, this was my professor in high school and I got an A in calculus, so I should put them on the list. It's not that. But if it's somebody who was a client of yours in another industry and it speaks to your work ethic and the ability to, that you have to whatever, you know, have a fiduciary duty to your client, put them on there and then replace them when you get somebody who is more in this industry. So there's yeah. no, there's no rule book to this. It's more just what you're comfortable with and the message you want to put out there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then finally are the forms. And this is something that's obviously very important that your client has an awareness of. Um, and it just allows you to just guide into that, or I guess, um, slide into that conversation with, especially with the initial forms, the working with the realtor buyer rep agreement. This is a, an area where a lot of agents get uptight about like, oh my God, how am I going to get them to sign the BRA? I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know how I'm going to approach it. If you've sent them the paperwork ahead of time, it's like, it's such, it's much easier conversation. And this, and these are the forms that you'd sign. And, and this is a buyer representation agreement come up with a quick summary of what this represents. This is basically an agreement between you and I that says that I am going to represent you as the buyer and, and provide you with all of the options and, and work in your, in your benefit or something along those lines. Um, but as long as you can summarize it in a really succinct way and make it seem as though it's not, it's not a scary document. This is like, this is what solidifies our working relationship together um, just to make them more comfortable because obviously um, and another thing that I find makes people more comfortable with this is this outlines the um, the responsibilities that I have to you as my buyer client. Um, just all the different ways. Why are you laughing at me? I just thought this was going to be a role play we were doing, but now we don't have to do it. Oh, no, no, no. We're still going to do it. Okay. Okay. Oh, you mean you want... Okay. Well, I'm, I'm doing my it's all side. Good. Sorry. It's all good. Now yeah, I know okay. what to say. Anyway. All right. All right. So yeah, fire up agreement. Working with the realtor. Um, and <laughs> now you're scrolling through. Now I'm going to go through it. Sorry, no, I. That's no, all good. Well, it's I know. I just think it's important to like that. That's one area that I find a lot of agents get caught up with, and really, anyway. So we're going to go through a role play. Sorry about we that. We might. I don't know. I don't know. I think we just did one. <laughs> um, agreement of purchase and sales an important one that they're aware of, because um, a lot of times you're making an offer at the last minute, and people are like, "I don't know what this form is. Like, what what are you sending me?" and you know, you want to make sure that they understand it ahead of time. Confirmation co-op, amendments, um, notice of fulfillment, all that kind of stuff. And we, it, this is kind of like a workbook. If, if your client wants to print it out and make notes, then that's great. I mean, maybe they won't, but. Well, I, I, I use the notes though, as something they bring on showings with us. 
So when we're on showings and they want to, I I mean, they can also do it if we print out, it depends on how you do your business, right? Like there's, again, the other thing with this whole presentation is, I mean, with the exception of the forms, which are the forms, you can see that this is all like everything we put out there is an extension of the branding stuff. So everything on here is consistent with the other material we have. The background pictures on all of these particular pages are listings we've had. So there's reasons to, you know, to, I guess, put everything out there visually as well. Um, But the information is what's most important here. Um, And someone did ask it. Yes, this is all of these are recorded. This will be available as both a podcast, a YouTube video and uh, in Real Estate Road as well for viewing later. If you've already left or if you have to go or if you got here late. Yeah, um, we'll send out the video recording afterwards this weekend sometime. Yeah. All so right. That's, uh, Role play time. Are okay. we ready? Uh, I don't know. It depends. Uh, so are we having people uh, give you questions or you've got all kinds of questions? And where are we? What are we doing? I'm well, the- I, have a, I have a couple questions. But again... <laughs> Go into the chat and tell me, anybody um, can tell me if, if they want to ask a particular question that they've run into in the past. Um, but where are we? Um, let's just, pre- do you want to just pretend we're on Zoom? I'm the buyer, you're the, you've gone through the listing presentation or the buyer presentation with me. You know, what's great is that we don't even have to pretend we're on Zoom. Because we already are. That's true. Um, okay, so <laughs> I've, I've sent this over to you and now, oh, sorry. I've sent this over to you. And you've got some questions, I guess. So this won't yes. be this won't be like last week where the entire presentation was a, a role play. Is this more just you'll throw a question at me and I'll answer it and then we'll go yes. back to the chat? Correct. It's up to you. Are you ready? Okay. Um, so thanks, Daniel, for the for the uh, for all the information. Um, one thing that a lot of my friends have been telling me about is agents give cash back on their commissions when, when we find a house. Is that something you do? Uh, you know what? We hear this a lot. And thanks again for taking the time to meet with me, first of all. It's, uh, you, j- <laughs> you jumped right into the good stuff there. Uh, <laughs> but uh, c- can I ask, is, is that something that is really important to you like that particular aspect of things this is something that you've heard about like what what about that is it that you'd be well i mean i always could use more money so you know any any way that i can get you know yeah no that that makes sense that makes sense and uh, i think ultimately the goal of every realtor but definitely the work that i do is to make sure that you are going to come out of this with the least money out of your pocket right i mean it is as Mm -hmm. you know it is a super challenging market out there. And we do hear this question quite a bit. The short answer before I get into the long answer is I don't provide cash back. Um, And I'm going to tell you why. First of all, um, the other thing that you might hear from people is that realtors that are representing buyer agents, or sorry, buyer agents that are representing uh, buyers are free. A lot of them say I don't cost anything, right? Yeah. And Isn't that uh, how it works? And <laughs> that's it's and that's not how it works. I mean, I figured, well, if oh. I'm giving you cash back and I'm free, then that would be a spectacular deal for you. Um, it would. But um, I, I think for me, the key is really putting all the cards on the table early. So I'm glad you brought this up. We do get paid. It's by way of the seller. Um, they pay commission to the brokerage that represents them. And then that commission gets shared 
sometimes equally, sometimes not between the buyer agent and the listing agent. So I'm compensated that way. And that compensation will vary from property to property. The first thing that I can tell you is in the buyer rep agreement that we're signing, as we talked about, or we will talk about, depending on where we're at the conversation, um, (laughs) I will not be holding you to any sort of static number that's on there because different properties we see might be offering different amounts of commission. And my commitment to you is we're going to see whatever is a fit for you. And you need not be concerned about what they may or may not be offering. Um, and that could impact my income on that end, but that's, that's the prerogative of the seller. Um, for me, the key here is I'm here to represent your interests and to make sure you hit every objective that we've laid out over the course of our conversation. And as I said, it is as challenging a time out there for buyers as it's ever been. And it's important to have somebody who is focused on only one thing, which is getting you the home that you're looking for at the price you're comfortable with, with the terms you want. Um, And there's so many different factors that go into that, that you need to know that the person who's representing you has that duty to you and full stop. Um, So my goal is the same as yours, is bringing you that value you're looking for in dollars and cents at the end of the day. But I don't put that out there by way of rebating something after the fact. I don't want the value you see to be contingent on maybe paying too much for a home because that's what you know, you might feel you have to do or what some people might tell you to do. I'm going to make sure that you get the deal that is right for you at the terms that are right for you. So my value comes from the outcomes um, is the best way to put it. Um, Another way to put it in dollars and cents is would you rather get $3,000 back, but overpay for a home without knowing by 10 or 20,000, right? Um, Yeah. For me, it's about- So it it, it is a good question and lots of people out there offer. Um, Okay. I'm fine with that. So, okay. Like I'm sometimes I'm like going on Kijiji a lot and I see, you know, private houses listed for sale. Um, So you were saying before that if, you know, they're not offering any commission, like you'll just help me buy the house and then you don't get paid. Is that how it works? It, It depends on what the ad is. We will see anything that interests you. And there are situations, uh, it's, it's a little more rare now, but there's situations where people might not be offering anything at all. Um, it's, it's my responsibility to show you anything that's out there that could be a fit for you. And it would be on me to discuss, uh, what the terms might be if it is a private seller. Uh, that's mm-hmm. a risk that I take on in my business, but I can tell you once again, that in no way would I steer you away from something that might be a fit for you. Okay. So, uh, okay. if it is listed privately, it might not be on the MLS. So it might be something that you find in your travels and you send over to me. But part of our agreement is also anything that you do see or, or run into that you could be interested in, send that over to me and I'll make sure to get you all the information and set up showings and anything else that might be, uh, relevant to you. Okay, cool. Um, okay. So if you're not going to do cash back, like, could you get me like a a TV on closing? Like I've seen these really nice 50 inch TVs that I've always dreamed of putting in my living room. Could I get, could could I get you a TV? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I know you were referred over to me from Julie and I know uh, she, maybe she told you about the great closing gift that she got for me. So I, I try not to make that a part of my business that I go out there and advertise. I'm a bit about shock value and, and creating happiness through surprise. Um, okay. All, all, all I can say is uh, I don't make part of my deals and, and part of my contracts. Here's the gift you're going to get. It's nothing like that. Um, but uh, 
all, all I can say is that I, it is one of the great joys of my job to celebrate with my clients when it's all over. All right. I like TVs, just so you know. It's just it's a little hint. D- duly noted. Duly noted. <laughs> okay. Um, all right. So, like, I know you you showed me that buyer rep agreement. Um, it. I mean, I don't know if I want to like tie myself down right now to a particular agent. I'm just kind of seeing what things are like, and and you know. So, do I have to sign that with you before we start working together? Before we start seeing places? Because I'd really like to see this place, like you know, maybe in an hour. Could we do that? Uh, well, typically what I do, I mean, because we're having this conversation right now, this has been an opportunity to get to know each other and to establish a rapport. Um, okay. I am usually happy to, and I am in this case for a place that's an hour or that's an hour away. I will usually make sure that we can build on that rapport by if we want to do one showing together and get an idea of the process together, that's okay. However, um, the point of the buyer rep agreement is to protect you as much or more as it is to protect me. Uh, and I think the misconception of that form is that this is something that is locking me into getting paid or something like that. And the reality of that form is that that protects you and your interests with someone who is from day one and for a set amount of time committed to looking out for your best interests and doing everything in my power to ensure that you get the best experience possible. Uh, Without that being signed, uh, you basically don't have the comfort that someone is looking out for you. Um, Obviously, my role is to look out for everybody that I work with, but I like to ensure that my relationship with my clients is formalized for their benefit so that they don't have to think about what happens if this gets too tough, right? Again, this is such... This is such a complicated market out there that you want someone who's committed to working for you all the time, understands you, and that you never have to wonder about, well, what happens when this gets too hard? Because when somebody's mm-hmm. not under contract, absolutely, uh, a buyer can go and shop around and all that, but you'll never have the comfort that somebody's working in your best interests. And what that does is it protects you and your best interests. The terms on there are very clear. So there's nothing in there um, that talks about you know, surcharges or anything like that. That's not really a, a dollars and cents document as much as it is laying out the terms of our relationship, formalizing my responsibilities to you. Uh, okay. and, and by all means, if you've got questions about that, I want to make sure you're comfortable with it before you do put pen to paper at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, my search, I know we talked about areas and, I know we were saying that it's really hard to get something for, you know, $500,000 in Toronto. Um, and that's my budget. So, I mean, will you drive, like, let's say if we want to go to like Guelph or like Cambridge, maybe, maybe Thunder Bay, like, could we do that? Uh, my border ends at none of it actually. Oh, okay. Great. Uh, no, I, I think, yeah, we, as, as we establish your needs, the, what we talked about, the first thing that I want to be able to do is I want to give you an idea of what actually is selling for what in different areas. We need to get a comfort level about what you can actually afford right now. And I know that you're going through the pre-approval process, which is great. That's going to give us a little bit more of a perspective on where your true budget is. Um, but with that comes the reality of what you can afford. So for me, I'm not about um, driving around and throwing darts to see what might work. I want to equip you with equip you with the information ahead of time, 
And to answer your question, if the answer to that is that, you know, the only things you can afford that check all your must haves are in regions that are outside of where I typically do my work, then it's in your best interest to allow me to refer you to a professional in one of those areas. And I do have colleagues in different areas that do great work and understand the area. Um, part of my duty to you is ensuring that, you know, you have the knowledge you need to make the right decision and you have an understanding from someone who understands the area, not just houses and not just prices, but somebody who's a professional in that particular area and works there, has boots on the ground. So um, the other side of that, though, is as we go through your needs and your wants, um, it might not always be a case of the region. If staying close to here is more important to you than a fourth bedroom, for example, mm -hmm. we're going to explore yeah. all of that first and determine whether there are solutions where you want to be, if that's more important to you. Right. Okay. Got it. Um, okay. I was going to ask another question. <laughs> uh, it's because I'm long-winded. Yeah. It's by design. I, I drive people That's into a hypnotic <laughs> trance until they just say, okay, I'll sign it. <laughs> oh, man. Um, oh, gosh. Ask away. That I wanted to ask. Yeah. Um, so people are, are sending me questions, which is really great. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, yeah. People, uh, I'm Nothing about termites, I hope. Yeah. Okay. So, so I have a friend who, um, and actually when I went to an open house last week, um, you know, you know, Johnny Moneybags. Oh, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny Moneybags. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's, like good, he's the guy that's got his region. like that big van that's wrapped with all the dollar signs all over it. Yeah. 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 And that yeah. million dollar smile. Yes. Yeah. I heard he's really good. Um, he's, yeah. He's but... everywhere. So good. So, yeah. So I went to one of his open houses. Like he's got these like mega giant open houses that like have like cocktail parties and like, you know, dolphins in the pool. They're pretty yeah, good. Yeah. I've been to one of those. <laughs> yeah. He's trained yeah, the dolphins free. too. They play, have you seen them when they play the horns? They play his yeah. theme song, the Johnny Moneybags theme song. <laughs> yeah. He's amazing. So anyway, um, so when I, when I was talking to him, he told me that, um, I should just work with him. Um, and like, cause like I was kind of interested in the house. It seemed like a good, good fit. Um, and he said it was way better for him, for me to sign, um, with him and, and make an offer with him as the listing agent, than um, find another random agent that might not be as, you know, be, be as talented and training dolphins. So just wondering if, uh, if that might be my better, a better route to go is just to work with the listing agents, especially Johnny Moneybags. Especially Johnny Moneybags. Yeah. Uh, and, and so why did he tell you that it would be better to work with him? Because it wasn't, the, uh, did he say it was because he could get me a deal? No, no. Well, I mean, I was kind of, I like the dolphins, but he's just said he can get me a better deal on the house. If, if mm -hmm. I work with him and because he's got so many listings, I could probably find a, a, another property if that one doesn't work out with him. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he's, he's right. You could find another one if it doesn't work out with him. But uh, there's a couple things you need to understand there. First of all, when it is Johnny's listing, Johnny's duty is to his selling client, right? He's bringing those dolphins and he's doing all that stuff to bring people like you in there and to get you excited. 
Um, but ultimately, his objective that he has a signed contract for is to bring the highest possible number and the most competition forward for his selling client. And when we talked before about the duty of a buyer agent to you when you've got a buyer representation agreement, the objective yeah. that we would have versus what Johnny would have if you went with him is completely the opposite. His objective is to sell the house. And absolutely, he would love to have you as his buyer or somebody else as a buyer. Because uh, in his mind, I mean, how do you think he pays for those dolphins, right? Like he's, yeah. he, he's paying for dolphins and, and fancy marketing because as I mentioned before, his seller is paying commission that's going to him and the buyer agent. And if he can be both of those, uh, he might feel that he has some flexibility because he's making a bit more money. But what is most important to you is that think about what it is that is his objective here. Think about what's driving him saying that to you. It's not because he now wants to represent your best interests and get you the best deal, because what does that do to the existing agreement and duty he has? Also, he has these open houses, right? You were there. I, I'm assuming you went to this one, right? You, you, you spoke to him at one of them and you were you yeah, know, I, I mesmerized. Yeah, I swam with the dolphins. You swam with the dolphins. I mean, you probably had some of the... Did, did he have one of those champagne pyramids? Yeah. Oh, and yeah. The, the naked dudes covered in sushi? Did he have that? No. Yeah, okay. That, that was <laughs> a different party. Weird. That was a different house. That might not have even been an open house. I don't even remember. But anyway... Um, <laughs> That lost my train of thought. The sushi. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, fine. I won't. I won't work with Johnny Money Vegs. That's fine. Um, Okay. All I was going to say, though, and and I I hate to cut off a client, and I would never do that in real life. But um, imagine how many other buyers are coming through that same thing that he's saying the same thing to, right? So not only are you in competition with his client, who he represents the interests of, you might be in competition with other people just like you that he's saying the same thing to. So just be aware of that. and understand, you know, what a slime ball. Well, he's with a name like Johnny Moneybags. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, okay, so I, I know uh, we. I wanted my dad to come and and be a part of this this presentation, um, but he wasn't able to come um, because he's helping my my brother find a house as well. Um, but he wants to be there. Like he's a pro. Like he is. Like you know, he he renovated our house. Mm-hmm. Um, so he knows what to look for when he, when, when we go see houses. So like, I really think he'd be really good to come along. Like, do you think that we could have him come along to all of our showings and just like, you know, he's got some tools and like some flashlights and, um, flashlights you know, are important. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think like, he'd be good to tell us whether or not it's a good house. Like, what do you think about that? Uh, I mean, I'm happy to have your dad come along and he's part of this decision with you. Is, is he, uh, I didn't ask you, is he going to be on title with you or, or he's just no. wants to come along for the ride? Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm used to, and I've experienced having lots of people and their families coming through on showings or even, you know, once something's conditional and by all means, I'm happy to, you know, have him share his input on properties as well. I can tell you that. Uh, my goal here is to take it a step further with you as well, though. Uh, we want to be able to respect the things that he sees. And I've seen, you know, your background there. Did he install that that mirror behind you? Because yeah, that's that's some pro work. So, I mean, he's yeah. clearly he's clearly a, a solid renovator. He's seen some things and done some stuff. Um, yeah. But 
part of what I want to make sure is that no disrespect to him, we ensure that we bring professionals to the table for any of those questions that we've got. I've seen a lot of things as well, but I don't want to put such a big decision in the hands of opinion. Um, you know, I want to definitely listen to it. And if there's questions your dad has or things that might look like a risk, let's investigate them further. Um, but at the same time, I do want to take the experience that I've had, the professionals I work with have had, and make sure that you get basically a second opinion. Uh, he might be that second opinion. You know, if I see yeah. things as well, I'm happy to ask your dad what he thinks as well. But ultimately, I want your decision to be based on as comfortable and factual a position as possible. Um, because once a decision is made, I'm sure your dad will help you fix things if, in fact, something he saw may not have been 100% what he thought. But we really don't want to have to risk going down that road if we can get ahead of it. Okay. He's welcome to come, though. Your dad seems Good. like a lovely man. He's very nice. Very educated on fixing things. But he's got for. flashlights. When he brings multiple <laughs> flashlights to an inspection, that's a guy who does he got, does yeah. he wear like the belt when he comes? Oh like yeah. A, like oh yeah. So ladder. And stuff? Like is it okay if he goes up on the roof? And uh, dur the during roof? a showing, that's a little tough to do. I, I don't think that I'd oh. recommend he brings the ladder um, or like standing across the street with binoculars. It's a little bit creepy. Um, but uh, by all bad. means, like when we and if we feel an inspection is appropriate. And in most cases I do, it's a tough market. So that's something we're going to talk about as well. Um, but if we do feel that that's necessary, by all means, the inspector will bring a ladder and all the necessary tools. And your dad can come along on an inspection as well and ask all the questions. Could climb up the inspector's ladder? That depends on the inspector. My guess is okay. no. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I mean, like if my dad is like, like he, he's the real deal. He's like a licensed contractor okay. now. Now, now he's changed his position. Is that okay too? To, well, yeah, has like, he been like doing, is it an online course? I guess he just finished yeah. while we're during this conversation. <laughs> he just finished. He just showed me like, look, he just showed me the certificate. That's so. amazing. That's yeah. <laughs> He just showed yeah. you the certificate. Good for him. Does he get like a bonus flashlight? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, you know I what? So. I hope so. Uh, my position is that I am going to give you the best advice I can in making you comfortable. And if your dad is a licensed contractor and he knows this stuff and he's able to put you in a position of comfort where, you know, we can, in some cases, waive an inspection, which will put us in a better, uh, in a better situation. That's great. Yeah. Um, I am not a licensed contractor, so he's got a leg up okay. on me right now. Um, but ultimately, uh, that is going to be a decision that I put in front of you and we'll, we'll decide through it together depending on the situation, right? Different got houses it. have different things and a licensed contractor who just got his license might not be equipped to identify things like Kitech plumbing or risks of moisture or, or grading issues. So it really depends on where his expertise is and we're going to be able to weigh our comfort with it in real time as we go. But by all means... That's great. He's a member of the team now as well. Okay. But I will not That's give him cash back. Okay. Damn it. All right. Um, one more question for you. So I know we talked about the uh, deposit um, and usually it's like, you know, a pretty high amount. I, I only have $20. Sorry. <laughs> $20 in my bank account right now. Like I that's, could probably get a few hundred. It's um, a tough situation. But like, I mean, I've got, I, I have investments like, <laughs> could I like, what do you recommend? Like I could probably get like a couple, couple thousand, but it wouldn't be as much as you said. 
um, we should need. So should I liquidate or like, can I, can I hold on to my investments? What, what, what's the best way to go there? Uh, you're going to need more than $20. Uh, you're going. You're going to need more than a few hundred dollars, and that's irrespective of the property we, we're going to look. Even if we're at the Nunavut property, you're going to need more than twenty dollars. Um, and so, if you have access to funds, which I suspect you must, given that, and you said you've got some investments, um, yeah. now's the time. This is this is where a lot of these things have been saving up because this is the big purchase, right? So, um, as recommended, we talked about. I mean, typically up to and including 5% of what our offer is going to be is what you're going to want to be prepared with. Certain listings are going to request different things that doesn't hold you to them. But the amount of the deposit is one of the variables in an offer other than price that will lend itself to a stronger offer. So you can imagine if you have the same offer as somebody else, they have a $100,000 deposit and you've got a $10 coupon to McDonald's. It's not going to look as well. And, And the reason for the deposit is you're providing some assurance and security to the seller as well. Not just that you're serious, but it also protects them in the event that something does change. If you only have $20, that's all you're telling them you actually have right now, which might lend to question whether you can afford this place when it comes time to close. And if you don't close, they're keeping your $20, which isn't a great incentive for them. (laughs) Now, there are legal ramifications for that as well, which could cost you a lot more. Um, but it's okay. really not a risk or a road that people want to go down. Okay. Fine. So liquidate. Fine. Fine. I will. All right. Thank you. Get your dad to start doing some jobs and putting some money <laughs> aside with his new license. Uh, all right. Thank you. Those are good. Thank you everybody for your, for your comments and your uh, different questions. That was, you did a good job. Uh, I, I will say the one question that was asked, which probably everyone might have noticed that is tough and it is how I answer it. And it's not how a lot of people will is the private sale one. Yeah. I will never ever. And this is just me. I will never ever make a client fork out dollars for anything. Mm. Um, and, and I get the argument and I'm not opposed to the argument of somebody who explains that in their BRA, you might have a percent there. And if something's not paying that or it's paying nothing that you negotiate with your client or not even, or you tell them that this is what the contract represents. Um, for me, though, my experience is, first of all, that there's very far, a few and far between private sales that are paying nothing. I, I haven't yeah. really run into that. Um, right. But in the event that they are a property like that, um, I, I, I would say it's such a, a fraction of a fraction of a percent that it's going to be the right property. When somebody's offering a property yeah. that way, like this is where the value of realtors come in. Some private sales mm-hmm. are, are okay, but when somebody's a private sale on Kijiji, you know, with termites and no commissions and all that, you know what, if that's going to be the one bullet I take in my career, then it is what it is, right? I'm still going to provide yeah. the service I well, need to provide. And I think the fact that you pointed out that part of the BRA, you know, requires the buyer, not that you said it in a much better way that wasn't threatening, but like the buyer needs to notify you of any potential properties they're interested in. Like, mm-hmm. I think just being knowledgeable of that and, you know, taking the reins on any sort of negotiation with a private seller is, is the best way to go. Um, as opposed to them, like sneaking behind your back and, and seeing it for themselves. Right. So, That's yeah, it. I mean, I think everybody think does things differently. Um, but, the way you answered it. I mean, I, I, I think 
any further, it would probably scare them away. It would scare me away a little bit. Um, and Renata makes a good point there as well. It, it Things are situational. Mm. Like we did this in yeah. a very kind of static and, and, and firm situation. And that's not reality, reality. Sometimes if you know you've got a buyer who's going to be listing with you, or you've got someone who already listed and you've already sold and now they're buying with you, um, you know, there, yeah. there's situations where I will absolutely make adjustments um, or, or make concessions or negotiate things with my clients as well. Um, yeah. But taking a hard stance on commissions and being clear about things ahead of time is so important. I don't like leaving things to a let's figure it out when it happens mm-hmm. kind of thing. Um, and yeah. the same goes for, yeah. you know, tough negotiations. If you're in month four and offer 500 with the same client and you finally got the house they want and there's no end in sight if you don't get this one and it's down to two people and you know if you cut your commission by a quarter point, they're going to get it, yeah. right? Or if you go out there and say to them, you know what, if we go up another 10 grand, you're going to get it and I'll help you out and I'll do some cash back. Sometimes you take that plunge, but always understand the moment you take any plunge into anything, it becomes the new normal. Mm. That's what I believe, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. M- meaning the moment you offer it once, even if the next one is not as competitive, your client now knows it's something you're willing to do and they're going to expect that you do it, right? Mm. And yeah, yeah, great point there. That's a good thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, thing. I don't know yeah, I like that. Yeah, as a realtor, you don't have to be, do, do yoga to be flexible, just be flexible to be a good one. And it's so true. Like, and, and I was going to add on to that, just the fact that, you know, we, we talk to agents and a lot of them want to put on this face as though, you know, they only, they're, they're the best. They only, they charge full commission every single time. They've never gotten into a situation where they discount, but it's your business and it's, it's a business decision that you make as, you know, Renata pointed out, if you're, if you're listing their home as well, like, you know, you're not going to give up money. Like this is your income here. So you, you've got to make a decision for yourself and what you're comfortable with. And that's not always going to jive with what other agents in your brokerage or those that are around you just do what's best for you and what you're comfortable with because everybody's comfort level is different. And especially as we like in the next five, 10 years, I think things are going to change radically for us in terms of potentially how we're paid or or how things all work. So we've got to start adapting a little bit to the requirements, obviously fight for like, because you're, you're worth it, but know where you, you want to draw the line and just stay where you're comfortable. Absolutely. The numbers are humongous now too. Like it's not lost on us that, you know, with an average home price of a million bucks in the GTA, $25,000 is a lot of money. $50,000 is a ton of money. Like people don't make that in a year. And you do need to be empathetic and understanding to when clients will say things like that. I've had clients who say that to my face, right? I'm sure a lot of you have as well. I have clients who I've bought homes for who to this day insist I take them out and pay every time we go out for the rest of our lives because of all that money I made. Like now I owe them a debt of gratitude for life. And these are, these are friends of mine and all that. And, and I get it. You need to understand where they're coming from as well, but you can never put aside the fact that you're worth it. And there's a reason that they're choosing you. 
That's why we go through these steps. You get that out of the way at the beginning. You establish your value. You make a promise because that's what this, that's what the relationship is. It's a promise that you're going to do everything in your power to help them achieve their objectives that you've agreed on up front, right? And if you're promising that, the terms are the terms, right? I don't like yeah. the whole, it doesn't cost them anything argument because that's bullshit, right? It does cost them. Their money is the money going to the listing agent or the, or the seller, which is then being paid back to you, right? They're just not writing you a check. Well, actually, they kind of are. It's through the lawyers. But anyway, it's just, <laughs> get it, don't, get, don't get into the cute stuff. Just be real with people. Have real conversations. Yeah. Don't be afraid to cut if you're comfortable doing it. But don't be afraid to stick to your guns either if that's what, if that's what your business model is. If someone's yep. not willing to pay you for it, let them go elsewhere. And maybe they will find a great deal. Maybe they'll go with Johnny Moneybags, right? And yeah. you'll never know if they overpaid or not, but you can take comfort in the fact that you stuck to your guts, right? And they will overpay if they go with Johnny Moneybags. I love that guy. I, I don't know about you, but I literally had a picture in my head of the open house while I was talking about it. Like I, I, I was walking through that party while we were talking. I'm like, wow. Who would who would work with an agent called Johnny Muddy Bags? I mean, people. You almost would, did. You almost. I almost did. did. You're right. Those dolphins got me. Anyway. Hey, it's, uh, <laughs> it was a safer way to do that rather than you know, not that anybody does dolphins, but you know, there's a lot of gimmicks out there. There's a lot of stuff out there, and to each their own, right? You've yeah. got to choose. You your do path. you. You do you, boo. I was waiting for the yeah. boo. Boo, boo, boo. All right. Well, thanks, guys. We went a little over. Our kids are probably immersed in some sort of television show. So we should okay. probably check. Oh, hands up. up. Wait, oh. Renata. Questions. Oh, she said bye. <laughs> oh, that was like a wave. <laughs> oh, she had hands up. Yeah, that was a wave. All right. Bye, guys. Have a good weekend. Later, y'all. Level up, 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 level up,